0: We have a great show for you guys today. We're talking Anthony Davis trade, but in-depth, what do the Pelicans do? What do the Lakers do? What do the Knicks do? We're talking the Mavs trade from last year, the Trey Young, Luka Doncic blockbuster. Are the Mets going to make the playoffs? How about Tyson Fury smacking that ass? we got the U.S. Open, women's soccer, and of course the NBA Finals. It's a jam-packed show, so get excited, buckle up, and tuck your shit into your waistband because here we go. Three, two, one... We're back. We're sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Five seconds left in the game. Over. You believe in Dallas? Yes. High fly ball the right field. She is gone. Late clock at five. Is intercepted. The charity stripe hit you free throws because they free sewed 162. Coming hot, at you guys, and sewed 161. And I'm flanked on my left and on my right by absolutely nobody. That's right, I'm doing the show by myself again. Uh, it's lonely, it gets really lonely. You guys know how I feel when I have to do a sh- solo show. And you probably heard in the intro because Toss always does a cute little water thing with his mouth. I tried to practice in the mirror for like five minutes. Couldn't do it. Usually you guys know I have ice in my veins to the point where if you touch him, you get frostbite. But it, this is one of those instances where I couldn't do it on the clock or on the camera. And I just went with a nice little soldier boy quote because who doesn't love a little crank that Nick's at home in Austin, Texas, uh, for Father's Day, even though his dad lives out here. He's with his mom this weekend, further continuing his uh, pitch to be the most slouch son of 2019 and Toss is at a baby shower in Dallas which is super interesting for those of you who don't know Toss is Greek and in Greek tradition they the baby shower they get the whole family together and they take like a literal shower together which is like the like the kind of like the bathtubs in Budapest, it's just super weird and creepy. I mean, the Greek traditions are absolutely wild and out of control. I mean, and, and that's coming from a Jewish person who we eat matzah for like two weeks and like fast like one day on Yom Kippur. If you, if you've never been to a Yom Kippur dinner, for you non-Jewish listeners, you gotta go because watching <laughs> watching the Jewish people bum rush. A dinner table after not eating for like less than 24 hours is arguably one of the best sights you'll ever see in your entire life. It's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm marathon pressed into like two minutes. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm missing my co-host today. We have the intern Miguel. I mean, he's in the studio, but this guy doesn't speak a lick of English and is just sitting on the couch, like, I guess, pretending to take notes because he has no idea what I'm saying. And it was honestly a nice thing to do to hire a Spanish-speaking intern. But the issue comes with Tommy speaks a little Spanish. Toss speaks good Spanish. Nick could kind of get by. And I don't know a lick of Spanish. I mean, like ESPN Deportes, I don't even know what Deportes means in Spanish. I just, I mean, I've seen that channel like my whole life and I've never even looked it up. I've never even put the effort in to learn Spanish. And this guy is sitting on the couch. He's just looking at me, doesn't know what I'm saying. And I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable to be honest with everyone listening at home, but it's a nice thing to do. He does good stuff. He makes good coffee. And I guess that's what you're looking for in like your first solid intern. So hats off to him. But let's just jump right into this thing. All right, let's get let's get right to it with some fan questions. Question number one, dear Josh from the Charity Stripe. Ooh, I miss the sound of that one. And we have like Josh, Nick and Toss now, Josh, Nick, Josh, Toss. Dear Josh from the Charity Stripe, it has always has a good ring to it. What do the Lakers do now? And that's from Jake and Eric in Los Angeles. In case you've been living under a rock, what's gone down in the past couple days is Anthony Davis has been traded by the New Orleans Pelicans to the Los Angeles Lakers finally for the package of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, two future first-round picks, the rights to swap picks Pelicans and Lakers in the future, and this year's fourth overall pick. It is a massive haul. For one human being. And what do the Lakers do now? The Lakers now do not have the cap space for a max contract. So they have to go to their drawing board. I they can't, they won't be able to bring in Kyrie because he's not going to take a pay cut. Why why should he? It's not like he's chasing a ring. He already has his ring from Cleveland, right? And as much as I like to think that like Kyrie is such an LA guy, like his vibe, his style, his flakiness, his overall attitude is so LA. It's definitely not Boston, and it sure as hell is not Brooklyn. But I think he will end up in Brooklyn. I think all signs are pointing to that. He'll probably team up with D'Angelo Russell if they re-sign him or Jimmy Butler if he goes there, which is a possibility too, even though I think Dallas is a dark horse for Jimmy Butler because I think he fits nicely next to Luka Doncic. That being said, what do the Lakers do? I think the Lakers have Anthony Davis. They keep Kuzma, which was huge. I think Kuzma, whether he becomes the best player of ball, Ingram, and himself— I don't know. It's yet to be determined. These guys are super young, and they all have high ceilings. I, I I still think I'm really high on ball, and I'm high on Ingram still. I have not given up on those two guys. What do they do now? They keep him. I think Kuzma's a great fit, space in the floor for Anthony Davis. He's a great fit for LeBron James, who who needs to— like Ingram is too ball-dominant. So is ball. They don't flourish as well with LeBron James. You have Kuzma there. You have to bring in a bunch of veterans. DeAndre Jordan's available. See if you get him for cheap. You know, have Davis play the four, DeAndre play the five, go a bigger lineup, right? I think bigger lineups sometimes tend to do well in the playoffs. Like if Bogey had been full health with him and Draymond, I think that team would have... It would have given the Raptors a way bigger run for their money. I mean, say what you will about the Raptors. Like, Siakam's a big body dude. Leonard's a big body dude. And Gasol, who also is a free agent, is a big presence. Now, if Kawhi goes back to Toronto, Gasol can say, all right, let's just run it back. And Toronto could kind of go for a repeat. But if Kawhi leaves, I think that team could kind of blow up. And I think the Lakers could go after Gasol. So I think signing one of DeAndre Jordan or Marcus Sol would be a good move for the Lakers. We could get him on a kind of a pay cut to get him to come out to Los Angeles and chase a ring with LeBron out here. I think that'd be an interesting move for them. I'm interested to see how much money Tobias Harris gets in the market. I think he's an under the radar name who is really good in Philly. Uh he's oh he's been good everywhere he went. I mean this guy like he gets traded by the Magic he gets traded by the Clippers. He gets traded by the Pistons. and he gets moved like, you know, he's got like an hors d'oeuvre. He's like the hors d'oeuvre of the NBA but like a good hors d'oeuvre. You know, not like that weird mushroom cracker with like that weird fancy mayonnaise they pass around. Like you take one and they keep passing. The poor waiter is walking around the whole goddamn party. Their arm is tired as shit because no one is taking that mushroom cracker. I'm talking like a chicken satay kind of thing. Like a mini cheeseburger. Kind of thing. That's the kind of hors d'oeuvre Tobias Harris is in the NBA. And I think it'd be interesting because I, I, you're not going to get pay, Campbell Walker to take a pay cut. Even if he takes a quote unquote pay cut in Charlotte, he's getting the big bucks. He's not going to go for $23 million a year when he can go for $40 million a year in Charlotte. That to me is just nonsense. Even though Chris Bosch did take a massive pay cut to go back in Miami a couple of years back, obviously, when they made the first big three or the second big three of that era. But I think the Lakers have to get a bunch of veterans in there. It's unfortunate that Reggie Bullock was not good for them after he came over to the Pistons because that would have been a good re-signing another guy, a four-spacer. I just got a note from the intern. He held it up. It's in Spanish. I think it said something about Kawhi Leonard. LeBron's going to try to get Kawhi Leonard. They can't supermax him, but they can max Kawhi apparently, and I think that would be an interesting move for them. I don't know if Kawhi is going to go to the Lakers. I mean, it's, he is a conundrum. I'm not going to try to predict what he's going to do. Kawhi Leonard. People are saying he's going to the Clippers. I think the Clippers have like the tie for the second or the third best title odds right now. And that's just all speculation because he could honestly stay in Toronto. Because Toronto's a great city. They love him. He just won there. And you know what? If that, if that whole team stays, like they would be the favorites in the East again. Boston's losing Kyrie. The Bucs are good, but I don't think they're going to add anybody. They have to retain Middleton. And they probably have to bring back Brook Lopez because he's also a free agent. It's so unfortunate that the Lakers have chased out Brook Lopez. Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell if the Lakers just stayed the course and we're going to get into the Knicks in a little bit and I think this is what they should be doing in short if they could just stayed the course I think the team would be a bit different now because had LeBron had Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, D'Angelo Russell, Ingram Ball and Kuzma at full health I think that's like a top three team in the Western Conference going forward and yeah you can make that splashy trade for Anthony Davis but you get to keep some of those guys as well. Um, but, you know, that being said, they go get their veteran that they wanted. they get their superstar that they want next to LeBron. And at full health, there's no big man better than Anthony Davis other than Giannis, maybe. You know, it's they're like 1A, one 1B one as far as big men go. So I think they got what they needed. Now it's just building their roster around it. Because look what happened with the Knicks and Melo. The Knicks gave up the farm to get Carmelo Anthony. And say what you will about him. We spoke about it previously with Ben Lyons on the show. And we spoke about it on multiple occasions. They could not put a team around that guy. Pablo Prigioni... I was like, he's a 38-year-old point guard, like a rookie point guard. He was like 38 years old. He's like old enough to be my dad when he was a starting rookie point guard for the Knicks. That's no bueno. You can't have that going on. So I think the Lakers need to make some savvy moves, have Ronda take a pay cut, have Kentavious Caldwell Pope take a pay cut, bring some of these veterans back, guys that could space the floor, some playmakers, and they need to be fully healthy. Like If LeBron's not fully healthy, if Anthony Davis is not fully healthy, this is all for naught. All right, they've put all their eggs in one basket, so to speak. Anthony Davis is now the face of the Lakers franchise after LeBron is gone. This is the guy they want there. He's a young guy, 25 years old, and he is the future. But both guys have to stay healthy, and they need to put some guys around him. I think Gasol, I think DeAndre Jordan are names to look at. And if Tobias Harris is willing to take a pick, I think he's a fantastic fit for the Lakers. I think J.J. Redick is good too, but he might be a little bit too old. would we'll love to see Jamal Crawford go for a title chase. We'd we'll love to see that. Moving on. To question number two, dear Josh from the Charity Stripe, what do the Pelicans do now? And that's from Morgan in NOLA. So on the Pelicans side of things, the Pelicans get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they have Drew Holiday, they still have Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill, which are two of the dumbest contracts in basketball, but they're the last year of their deals. So maybe they could package them to a team that wants expiring contracts and make a move for somebody. You know what? I would be interested to see. He's a big contract, I know, but trading those two guys, two expiring contracts, to the Miami Heat for Hassan Whiteside, get let, the, let them get out of Hassan Whiteside's deal, bring that big presence. I think Hassan Whiteside's a great defender. He'd be good in that. He'd be good in the Western Conference. I'd like to see him go to NOLA. I think he'd be a good fit there. Um, they're obviously going to take Zion Williamson, who's about to be a point center. I mean, Zion Williamson can play the five comfortably. He's a small, he's the only 6'7, 6'6, but Charles Barkley was like 6'5, and he played power forward and dominated in the NBA Hall of Fame career. I think Zion Williamson could kind of do the same thing. He could be a point center. He could fly with the best of I mean, him. He could, he could defend, honestly, all five positions. He could have a, he has a tough time against a rangy, quick one and a guy who moves well off screens under the two. But I think Zion Williamson is a super versatile defender, and I think that's going to be the best part of his game from when he first starts out, because he's going to have to develop that three-point shot. He's going to have to develop that jump shot in the NBA. I think he's got a fine jump shot, but it's not an elite-level jump shot. I don't think he's a better shooter than Cam Reddish or Darius Garland or maybe DeAndre Hunter from three. But I think Zion Williamson is the best defender in this class, and I think he's a fantastic playmaker and a massive presence in the paint. And I think he's gonna—he's obviously the future of the Pelicans franchise. And I'm curious to see how high his ceiling is, but I think his floor is pretty high. So I, I think he'll be a very, at the very worst, a very good—you know—sometime All-Star player. And I, they'll have him. Drew Holiday is super underrated. Excellent defender. He'll be running the point, or he'll be—he'll be, be the number two with Lonzo there if he stays. And they have the fourth pick. What do they do with the fourth pick? I think stay the course, go defense shooter, get a 3-and-D guy. DeAndre Hunter is a very safe bet, man. Yeah, I I like Culver a bit more as a prospect, but he's another guy that needs to have the ball in his hands, and you already have Williamson, you have Holiday, you have Ingram, and you have Ball. you got to get a shooter there, and I think Hunter is a good shooter to space the floor for these guys, and that's what I would do with the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are in an excellent position. I think they could trade the fourth overall pick for a veteran, maybe Kevin Love if he's fully healthy. Kevin Love, fully healthy, still got it. He could still bang with the best of them. I think Kevin Love's a good basketball player. The fourth overall pick for Kevin Love, yeah, you'd be taking on his contract. It's a bit of a risk, but I don't think it's a bad move. All right. I think Kevin Love is a good move for the Pelicans if they want to go that route. But that's what I would be considering. They're obviously going to take Zion, like I said, and you have ball. I think ball's good too. If you're Lonzo Ball, I mean, we haven't heard anything yet, but there's automatically assumptions that Lonzo Ball doesn't want to stay. In New Orleans, which is just such a massive mistake, because if you've never been to New Orleans, New Orleans is one of the best cities in America. What other cities, really, I don't even know what other cities have open container laws. Some of my best life memories, and I've only been to New Orleans for three days. I spent three days, two and a half maybe, you know, two days in a shekel in New Orleans, and some of my best life memories are in New Orleans. What other city can you walk around topless No underwear, jeans, cowboy boots, no socks, the open handle of Jack Daniels, whisking it around with the boys. How do you not, as a young 20-something, how do you not want that? Like, yeah, Chicago's cool. Cold as shit in the winter. New York's dope. I'm from New York. It's a great place. But you know what? New Orleans is where it's at. Nothing like a bowl of jambalaya, a crawfish boil. I'm very team New Orleans. And if you got, I think it's the coolest thing that could happen to Lonzo Ball, he spent his whole life in Los Angeles. Get some southern roots in him. You know, build some character. Throw a dip in, you know, throw in a lip with the boys. Ingram, get Ingram involved too. I know Ingram's gonna be down for that shit. You know, really embrace the culture with Zion Williams in there and make the change that the Pelicans always wanted. Unfortunately, Anthony Davis had a bad injury. They had Drew Holiday. The Mirotic thing didn't pan out. The Ryan Anderson thing didn't pan out. Boogie Cousins' injury was bad. You know, if Boogie Cousins never got hurt, they re-signed Boogie Cousins. We'd be talking about a different New Orleans Pelicans team right now because I think Anthony Davis would be staying to play with Boogie. But that injury happened, and that kind of, you know, strayed the course for the Pelicans, plus the Hill, and the, you know, aforementioned more contracts were just complete nonsense. But I think the Pelicans now are on the right track. They'll make a safe pick at the four if they don't trade it. If not, maybe go for Kevin Love if he's healthy. If they believe that Kevin Love is the veteran presence of the champion, if he's the veteran presence they need in that locker room, I think he'd be a nice fit for the New Orleans Pelicans. All right, moving on to question number three. Switching up sports a little bit. Dear Josh from the Charity Stripe, you motherfucker. Do the Mets still have a chance? And that's from Joan and the Dominican Republic. Let's go, baby. We're going we're so global at this point. It's stupid. I love how global this thing's gone. Dominican Republic. Home of Big Poppy. Shout out to Big Poppy. I mean, we haven't spoken about it on the podcast, because you know, we we like the sillies in the podcast and the jokey jokies. Um, but before we get into that question, it's a great question. Thank you, Joan. Quick shout out to my man from the DR. Uh, just super terrible, you know, it, 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 go, it puts your life in perspective, you, you can't be doing that, obviously, and David Ortiz is such a good man, when you close your eyes, when I heard he got shot, and you kind of just assume the worst nowadays, the first thing that came to my mind was not the big Grand Slam home run in game two against the Tigers, not the, you know, dousing of Mariano Rivera in 04, or all his heroics in 2013, it was the speech he made after the Boston Marathon, and I think that's that's what David Ortiz is. That's what he was for the city of Boston, and that's what he was for baseball. He's a fantastic face. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to him, and I hope and wish him a speedy recovery. I love what the Red Sox did, flying him out there, taking good care of him, because he is the face of the organization. He is one of the greatest Red Sox of all time. Not as far as player, I mean, Ted Williams is the greatest Red Sox. Pedro's a better player. That being said, this guy, for what he did for the organization, he brought in three championships. You know, he commandeered those championships and he led them out of a dark place after the Boston Marathon, which is my favorite memory of David Ortiz. So you got to give a shout out and respect to him and wishing him a speedy recovery. But did the Mets make the playoffs? Do they have a chance? Anything could happen in the show. Anything. Teams going runs all the time. Seriously, everyone's counting the Indians out. They've all of a sudden won three straight. They're a game behind the Red Sox in the wild card. Yeah, we're only 71 games in, but still, you know, it still matters. They get Clevenger back. They get Kluber back eventually. There's no way Jose Ramirez sucks this much nuts for the rest of the season. We'll have to figure it out at some point. And they got Frankie Lindor. So I think the Indians can turn around. The Mets, for as mediocre as they've been, their bullpen, which was supposed to be revamped and new with Edwin Diaz, who – he has like a 1-4 whip, which is complete garbage. Familia, who they brought back, is like a 6 ERA. Gesselman's been terrible, and then the rest of the pen's just been dog shit as well. Wheeler has been weak and mediocre and inconsistent. Math has been decent. Vargas has been decent, but you need those guys to be decent. The biggest issue for the Mets is not even Degrom; it's Thor. Like you're supposed to have that magical one-two punch. It's the kind of issue the Nationals are having with Strasburg and Scherzer, but even on a worse scale because Scherzer's been a bit better than Degrom, and Strasburg's been a bit better than Thor. Thor's now got a, like a thigh strain. He strained his thigh. He'll be out like a week or two, and the guy's got like a four-five ERA. He's not. His, his strikeouts, the strikeouts per nine innings, you know, have dipped below nine. Where Degrom's at ten, even Wheeler's at eleven. And you need him to be your 1B. You need him to be an ace. And that's been a big issue for the Mets. Alonzo's been fantastic. They can't find playing time for Dom Smith, but that might might be a good thing. Get him in there here and there. If the Indians, what team that's been rumored to blow it up, they decide to blow it up, you could trade Smith you know, for for Brad Hand or make a move for another closer. Look around the league and make a move for another closer because that's what the Mets need, not necessarily to replace Diaz, but a guy that could set up because Familia can't do it anymore he's got the yips something's going on with this guy he is he doesn't have what he used to have anymore in finish games and the cano thing's been a problem obviously but if he get back healthy and just be a solid bat because you got mcneil you got Alonso, rosario decent right and the, the conforto's back like the mets don't have a bad team it's just they haven't been able to put it together and on paper they're great which is like i, I they were one of my playoff picks at the beginning of the year and I stand by that at the beginning of the year because on paper they were a really good team. I didn't even anticipate Alonzo to be this good. Ramos has had a fine season, a catcher. So I think they have time to turn it around. The only issue they have is they play a lot of games against the Braves, who for all intents and purposes might have the second best lineup behind the Yankees lineup, which has now just got to the point of ridiculous. What the fuck was that Edwin How How is that allowed? Their lineup went healthy. They had, what is it, and their outfield is Stanton, Hicks, Judge, They have Voight, who has just been absolutely a steal for them from the Cardinals. Glaber Torres at second, who's a complete stud. Didi Gregorius is back. I mean, I've never seen a guy return so fast from fucking Tommy John surgery in my entire life. He's back. You know, third base, they have LeMayhew, who, I mean, like, why the fuck do people underestimate DJ LeMayhew? You know? He was great in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. he was fantastic in Colorado. He's an all-star level player in Colorado. Steal they have him at third base. Obviously, Gary Sanchez can homer with his eyes closed in the major leagues right now. They have him at catcher, and this is just murderer's row. And they had Edwin Encarnacion, who leads the American League in home runs, and he's going to go to Yankee Stadium. It's only going to get easier for this guy. So they have to play the Yankees, but then the Braves are right there behind them because is fantastic. Freeman's better than Acuna is. Albies is nice, Donaldson's good, Swanson's good, McCann's good. Riley has been everything they could have hoped for and more, and he's a top prospect. I think he's got staying power. The issue with the Braves is the rotation and the bullpen, but they've been fine. Listen, I don't think the Braves are better than the Cubs or the Brewers or the Dodgers, but they just have to be better than the Mets and the Phillies to win the division. And you know what? The way the Phillies are playing with their lineup, say what you will about Bryce Harper, but what he does to that lineup is huge. The McCutcheon injury is pretty bad because McCutcheon was having a really nice season uh segura slowed up a little bit but he's a streaky player i could see him bringing it back scott kingery who was supposed to be good last year he had a monster triple a double a last year they brought him up wasn't that great the guy could play across the diamond he's kind of found his swing there um you have obviously hot right reese hoskins who's i love reese hoskins i think he's a fantastic player and then yeah you know arietta has been great Marietta has been really nice to them. Noel is kind of figuring it out. They'll get Robertson back eventually. They'll kind of shore up the bullpen. And then you have to worry about the Cardinals who are good, right? The Mets. It's just, it's just like a very tricky situation for them right now. They need the guys that are healthy to be playing top dollar. And if that's the case, then they'll contend. Then there's a chance. It's just a tough schedule to play the Braves and the Phillies, even the Nationals. You can never sleep in the Nationals team because you know what? Rendon is an MVP candidate and an all-star, and Scherzer has been dominant lately. It's unfortunate for the Nationals because they definitely win now with the Patrick Corbin contract, which I wasn't super high on to begin with. But listen, these are the moves you got to make. Juan Soto will kind of get it together, Trey Turner when he's healthy. That whole Nationals team has just hurt the whole year. Right? So the Mets really have to bring it together. And they have to listen. They play the Phillies and the, the Braves. And if they win those games, those that, that's huge for them. It's like a double win almost because those are the guys you're chasing. right? But, the, again, those are massive games and tough games. So they got to close out and finish strong against the rivals. Question number four, dear Josh from the Charity Stripe, winners of the Hawks-Mavs trade a year later. That's from Jake in Texas. So Luca for Trey Young. And the Mavs pick this year. Having the Mavs pick this year its a lottery pick is huge for the Hawks because they could trade two of those picks for a veteran, right, if a veteran becomes available, or they could trade to move up if that's something they're interested in because I'm sure teams would be down for that. Or they can make the two picks themselves depending on who's there because there's going to be a lot of good basketball players there. Right? And I, I listen, Luka, Luka Doncic is amazing. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's a future All Star. He was in Toss's top 25 players, which is just complete biased, but he's definitely in my top 35. I think he's that good. I think he's a good playmaker, good rebounder. He plays with great size. He has basketball IQ for his age, is absolutely phenomenal. And he's going to be an elite level scorer. He's a guy who I think could lead the league in scoring eventually. He's got a good, th- once he develops a better three ball, his drive is nice, he finishes well around the rim. I think Luke is a really great player. That being said, I, I really love Trey Young. I think Trey Young really turned it on in the second half, made an excellent push for Rookie of the Year. His playmaking ability is fantastic. His three ball was so bad at the beginning of the year, and he kind of fell, fell together and came together in the second half. And once he gets that range that he had in college going, he's going to be super dangerous too. And he's got a lot of pressure on him. You know, there's not that many players on the team. Like John Collins is really good, but he's like no great or elite scorers around him. And it's like it's kind of like similar way he had in Oklahoma. There's like a lot that he has to do. So maybe bringing in guys like bring Nas Little, who I think is like a good slasher, a gritty guy, an athletic guy, a high flyer, who can score driving for Trey Young, you know, and he's a quick and athletic dude, that would be a big get for the Hawks at like 10. Right? I think that'd be that would be a nice pick for them. Maybe taking those both those picks and moving up for DeAndre Hunter if he slips past the Pelicans, trading with the Cavs at five, grabbing DeAndre Hunter, or getting Jared Culver to pair with Trey Young would be nice. I don't, I think the Mavs have won the deal because I think Trae, I think Luke is a better player than Trey, and I think he always will be. But I don't think, like a year ago, I thought it was a kind of a highway robbery. Back in like November, I thought it, they, they fleeced them, that they should have gone to prison. But now I'm looking like, okay, it's a decent deal. It's a good deal for both. It's not like the Hawks blew it, because Trey Young is the face of the franchise. He's going to be a cornerstone, um, and I, I like what I've seen out of him so far. I think it's a fine deal for both teams. I don't think any team should be shooting themselves in the foot. You know, it'll it'll always be looked at as an interesting swap because I think these guys have a lot of staying power in the league. Both their games have translated well to what the league's become. So, I think it's a good deal, and I'm excited to see what the Hawks do in the draft. We have our mock draft show. Coming out next Thursday, we'll be releasing our mock draft on Wednesday. So get juiced up for that. Okay. Question number five. Dear Josh from the Charity Stripe, what do the Knicks do now with the number three pick? And can they sign anyone? And that is from my dad. Yep, it's Father's Day. My dad is a longtime listener. Not a first-time caller, but he hasn't called in in a while. I'm like, you know what, Dad? It's your It's your day. You want a question on the show? And he's like, Yeah, sure. He's big Knicks fan, super unfortunate. You know, he's he's not seen any championship since I've been alive, which honestly makes me laugh, but I do feel a little bit bad. They have the number three pick. I put a question out on Instagram the other day. Should the Knicks and the Pelicans do a swap? The number three pick for Lonzo Ball and the number four pick. A lot of people thought it was a good idea, people thought it was a bad idea. They bring up Dennis Smith Jr., Lonzo Ball, similar playing style, ball dominant guys who aren't a great jump shot, who like to drive and create their own, you know, create for other people. And I don't think having two of those guys is a bad thing. You know, I think having Lonzo Ball start and having Dennis Smith as a firecracker off the bench is not necessarily a bad thing. I think both guys could, you you need depth in the NBA. You know, right now the Knicks don't have any depth. They have Trier, who's like a 6th, 7th man. Mitchell Robinson, who's a legit center. He's a legit defensive center, which I think you you need in the NBA now. You need a guy that can lock down the paint right? You have Mitchell Robinson. Knox is super young, but outside of that, like they don't have anybody that gets me super stoked and they need that depth. And I think RJ Barrett is going to be absolutely amazing. I'm one of the people that think RJ Barrett should be taken second overall as much as, as much as I like John Moran. I think RJ Barrett's going to be even better. I think he's a more versatile player and I think he's got more upside. I do. I don't know why I'm just super into RJ Barrett I think he did nothing wrong he was the he was the top pick going into this year and it was just because of the Jaws hype and Zion's hype that propelled him ahead of his ahead of ahead of RJ I think RJ had a really fantastic you know freshman season at Duke and I think the Knicks if they stay there and take RJ Barrett they're getting a future face of the franchise that being said they can get Jared Culver who also they really like and I like him a lot too and is like the step below RJ Barrett but I think he's got a lot of potential in the NBA he's a very safe player and a safe pick I think he'd be nice and then also pick Picking up Lonzo Ball, I think you got to go out and maybe consider getting that depth. That's something I'd throw out there. If not, you take R.J. Barrett and call it a day, and it's a great pick. Can they sign anybody? The NBA free agency has been flipped on its head because Klay Thompson's out probably until March, and KD's not going to play this year. So what do the Knicks do? The Knicks can sign two guys? Do they blow all their cap space? I don't think so. Do they blow all their cap space on veterans? That would also be dumb. But again, to bring up Tobias Harris, I think he's an interesting fit there. You know, he's 26, 27. He's on the face of the franchise, but he can be really good. I like Tobias Harris a lot. I think the Derek Favors thing is interesting. If he becomes available, you know, at the Jazz, I think he's a good. The Jazz don't want to re-sign him. I think he'd be a nice fit anywhere also in the Lakers too, right? They should look at Chris Middleton. I think he'll stay in Milwaukee, but if he becomes available, if they don't want to bring him in, go for it. If Jimmy Butler goes to the Nets and D'Angelo Russell wants to stay in New York, why not make that move for D'Angelo Russell if you're in New York? I think that's an interesting play too, you know, because all of a sudden D'Angelo Russell could become available if the Brooklyn Nets don't resign Jimmy Butler and they, and if they sign, sorry, if they sign Jimmy Butler and they sign Kyrie Irving, they can't pay D'Angelo Russell and D'Angelo Russell becomes available. I think that's a nice pickup for the Knicks if they take RJ, right? So they have a bevy of options. It's just not don't blow your load. Like, they blew their load with Joe Noah in that stupid contract a couple years ago. And you, and you can't be doing that in the NBA now. You can't be tying yourself down. I don't care what kind of market you are. If you have the money to spend, it's, sometimes it's better to stay the course and be patient. Like, say what you will about the Lakers. You know, I, I disagree with a lot of their moves. But they were, they've been patient. They didn't make their massive move. They got obviously they made a massive move for LeBron, but they didn't make a massive move for a second guy until Anthony Davis this year, and I think that was nice. I think that that's the one bonus that they have going for the franchise right now, and I think the Knicks should stay the course. Draft your young guys, lay low in the lottery for a bit, and when the right guys become available, because like KD, yeah, you could sign KD, but he's not going to play this year. You have to know that. I'm not saying they shouldn't sign him because obviously it's Kevin Durant, but Achilles injury Achilles is a big injury, man. Right, I'm interested to see if they go after Boogie Cousins because I don't think he's a max deal anymore. But I think you can get him for like a nice contract because you use up some cap space there. Bring him in, bring KD in, like KD City or have Boogie be the face of New York for a little bit. Get RJ Barrett. And I think that'd be a good move for the Knicks too. So that's what I would do. And those are the fan questions, guys. Some good stuff, some good basketball talk. I had fun. I hope you did. If you didn't, go fuck yourself. All right, and we'll move on. To Biggest Balls of the Week. Balls of Steel. Biggest Balls of the Week. Brought to you by gold Bonner. I know chafe life is a safe life. Guys, it's getting hot. It's the summer. Everyone knows what goes down in the summer. You're out. You're running around. You're drinking beers. You're playing flip cup. You're on the beach. Next thing you know, your balls are stuck to your thighs and they're rubbed raw rubbed raw, and it's painful the next day at work. Don't worry. Go get some fucking Gold Bond from CVS. Put on your crotch. No chafe life is a safe life. I'm doing you guys a favor. They don't even really sponsor us, and you guys know that, right? But it's one of our favorite products, and we want them to sponsor us one day. So go to get some Gold Bond. Put them on your balls. No chafe for the summer. 2019 is the year of no chafe, all right? Note it. Biggest balls of the week, Tyson Fury just completely smacked Tom Schwartz, smacked him, and then he owned Las Vegas. His first fight in Las Vegas, it was the exact opposite of Anthony Joshua's first fight in the United States was a complete flop. Tyson Fury's first fight in the United States was a massive home run. He came out in the Apollo Creed getup, which was hilarious. At the end of it, he sang to his fiancee an Aerosmith song. Um, our Spanish intern, Miguel looked at me and goes, Oh, this is queen, which again, put a wave of regret over my head. But what are you going to do at that point? Um, Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing. Sings that in front of everybody and people are like swaying and sing along with him. He wants to be the world champion and he wants to be the face of boxing even in the united states where we have deontay wilder out of alabama and they're on a crash course to meet again i know he's gonna have another tune-up fight in september october i'll obviously take that super seriously but he looked slippery man he was fast we were watching the fight he had a quick jab i mean he landed what like 47 percent of his power punches is that what it was yeah 47 percent of his power punches he landed more punches in general then schwartz even threw he was just way too quick for the guy way too big way too long right he's like peppering him with jabs and next thing you know he's got like a monster left hook coming from the front he switched to southpaw in the second round which was really nice um he's just such a technically sound fighter and it's he's a six nine behemoth and the guy moves like butter the guy is like you know what's that spray the butter spray i can't believe it's not butter that's what, yeah, like, that's how I felt. I cannot believe that guy's not butter because he was smooth, dude. Silky. I mean, he had, like, that whole Muhammad Ali moment where he's backed against the ropes. Dodged four Schwartz's punches. That kid looked lost in the ring. I mean, it wasn't as bad as, like, Dominic Brazil, but it was close to it. And I'm excited for this Wilder Fury fight. I think that's what the sport needs. I think Anthony Joshua has to go beat Andy Ruiz if he can again. Right, he has to go fight Andy Ruiz, and if he does, then he'll have to fight the winner of Wilder versus Fury. But I think that's what the the sport wants, and I think that's what it needs. And the the heavyweight division is back, and that's why boxing is back. They need to unite the titles at this point because there's so many goddamn titles in the sport that I can't take it anymore. There's so many weight classes. I mean, five weight classes to me is enough. Like you don't need like twenty with like four titles in each of it. This isn't the WWE. You know, but I think Tyson Fury put on an excellent show, and I'm stoked boxing is back. I'm stoked. Well, I, I I I felt like taking a boxing class. I felt like throwing some hands, which is dangerous for me because I'm not a big guy. I'm like five ten. I'm fit, I'm not super strong. I don't need to be watching these boxing matches and feeling like I could go fight somebody. That's the only downside to boxing being back. I'm feeling ready to throw some hands again, and that's no bueno. So that's like the bad, but the good, great sport, super entertaining, love, like a vocal guy like Tyson Fury, who loves the media, wants to be the center of the tension, you know, wants to bring the sport back to where the glory it is. That's what they need. And it was really nice to watch, even though he dismantled the poor kid from Germany. Moving on to maybe I was wrong. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, You're very good looking. I'm not attractive. Maybe I was wrong about the US Open. Quick shout out to Gary Woodland, who won. It was his first top five finish ever, right? He had a top five, he had a top 10 finish this past Masters. um, But he. He had a top first top five finish. Won this whole thing. Beat you know defending champion Brooks Koepka in the final day. He finished strong. Talked about ice in the veins on the seventeenth hole. He was under twelve, and then he finished under thirteen. He really sealed that victory. You know three strokes ahead of Koepka. So good for him. Uh, maybe I was wrong. I said Tony Finau. I tweeted. We have a Twitter now. Underscore Charity Stripe. Underscore. And I tweeted Tony Finau. Thank God we don't have that many followers yet. Because I tweeted Tony Finau for the W. Hot take. Book it. And the guy did not even like make the first cut. He didn't even come close. He could not have actually, I was like looking at the leaderboard after the first day, I didn't even see his name. I was like, this is like Virginia all over again. When I said the Virginia Cavaliers were going to win, they were the first number one seed to lose. You know what? Some people would stop making these ridiculous hot takes, but not me. I'm just going to, the only way to get shit to stick to the wall is take a dookie in the toilet, go to your fish tank, get your fish net, fish that thing up, Crate a little bit, lacrosse style, throw it against the wall, and that's how you get shit to stick to the wall. You just got to keep throwing shit to the wall. It's the only way to do it, baby. It's the only way to get shit to stick. All right? So you got to do that. Um, Tony now. yeah, I was super wrong about that. But golf, I'm getting into golf too. I mean, when this traddy Stripe thing started, I was a baseball, basketball, football, college, football, college, basketball guy, and that was like enough for me. Now, like the World Cup, I mean, like there's so many other sports out there. Like, a year from now, I might be, like, into fucking NASCAR. I Who knows? Right? And I think NASCAR. I think NASCAR is a ridiculous sport. You want to go watch some NASCAR? Go watch people drive up and down Melrose in Los Angeles. Complete animals, these people are. No one knows how to drive in the city. Including the Lyft drivers. Like, the Lyft drivers, like, it says, like, 40 minutes to get there. They try to get me to, like, my destination in 25 minutes. It's like, dude, what are you, fucking Vin Diesel? Like, Relax. Like, get me there in 35. Don't try to shave 15 minutes off my ride to try to big dick me and get a bigger tip. I would rather get there in one piece than be sprayed across the 405. You know, not to get deep and dark with you guys, but the Lyft drivers nowadays need to take a chill pill. Everyone's too intense on the road out here. All right. Congratulations to Gary Woodland. Great win for you. Golf, I'm into it. I'm team golf. Fuck it. I used to be, golf used to put me to sleep. I used to be a snoozer. I'm not, this is not a sport I'm going to pick up. People pick up golf and go golfing with their friends. I'll caddy for people. I'll throw in a lip, smoke a cigar. I'll, I'll hold the clubs. This is. I'm not picking up the clubs. I'm not going to be a swinger. If you want to do like a par two, par three, pitch and putt, maybe a little top golf, a little, some mimosas, Bloody Marys, you know, some chicken wings. I'm down for that. I'm not gonna pick it up, but I'm down to root and follow for it. I'm team, I'm team golf now. So there you go. And then we'll close it out with some NBA finals talk. Great fight. The Raptors handed to him. That's it. I mean, there's nothing much. There's not so much I could really say on the behalf. I think you got to really give a shout out to Clay Thompson, which is one of the you know talk about biggest balls of the week, biggest balls of like the year, arguably. Tears his ACL, goes to the locker room, comes back out, hits both of his fucking free throws because they are so free, right in the face of the Toronto Raptors, and then leaves the game. It's so sad. I mean, I mean, I think they, I think this injury is way worse for him than KD because he doesn't have the name that KD has. And I think he could have, honestly, if he had stayed healthy and if he wanted to leave Golden State, I think he could have gone and gotten his own team. But that, that was the game right there. I think if they had Klay Thompson, I think we would have had a Game 7 tonight. I really do. I think we would have been watching basketball tonight if Klay Thompson stayed. But he didn't, left the game. And, you know, they put their best effort in. Steph was great. At the end of the game, it was close. But that team was so sound, man. That Raptors team, top to bottom. Their bench was good. Danny Green was nice off the bench. Powell was nice off the bench. And Ibaka played meaningful minutes. Van Vliet was like a beast, dude. Van v- Wichita State, baby. The Shockers. Throw your Shockers up in the air. That's it. Yeah, that guy is a complete stud, right? Two in the dun, one in the dun, boom, boom. Fred Van Vliet. That's how it's done, baby. Siakam is like a beast, too. He said Siakam's like, Kawhi, he's going to be the next Kawhi. That's a ridiculously hot take and probably won't come true. But they live such a similar body build that I love the idea of that. And I'm, I hope Kawhi stays. I hope Kawhi stays. I really do. I hope Marcus Soul stays. I hope they run it back because that'd be nice. That'd be, that would be good for the NBA. Some normalcy. You know, say what you will about the, the Warriors. Clay, Steph, Draymond, the normalcy. They stayed together year after year. They brought in KD, but KD stayed for a couple of years. Uh, they, were, they were the norm, right? They were so good, and it was so annoying, but they were the norm. Everyone's trying to make these moves around. Kyrie goes to Boston for like two years, right? You know, LeBron goes back to Cleveland and goes to Los Angeles, moves around. Guys are moving around every which way, DeRose and Kawhi, and just trying to beat the Warriors. And the Warriors, Steph, Draymond, Klay— stayed the course, and I I love normalcy in the NBA. I love, like if Kemba Walker stays for the Hornets and is a Hornet for life, nothing would make me happier. I'll buy a signed jersey and hang it in my goddamn room. One of my, one of the, I love Dwayne Wade. I really love the Flash. He's one of my, I would say he's a top 20 favorite athlete of mine of all time. The only aspect of Dwayne Wade I didn't didn't enjoy for his career is when he left. I get, go home, play for the hometown Chicago. You know, it's a nice thing to do. But he should have been a Miami heat for life. He should have been a heat for life like Yodonis Haslam, baby. Like Yadonis Haslam. Say what you will about Yodonis Haslam. That guy was a heat for life. So if Kemba was, was a Hornet for life, I don't blame him, man. It's a nice thing to do. And he'll say he'd take a pay cut. If they could clear some space, you know, if guys could step up, if Miles Bridges could step up, make a nice piece for them, then hopefully they got something going. But the Raptors really were so sound and the warriors i felt like were playing from behind almost every game and really just playing on the back of their heels and the raptors were calm cool collective in the pocket didn't celebrate after wins was always on to the next one and it's just guys on a mission dude a bunch of uh, Gasol had all those years where he came close to you know touching the nba championship or getting to the nba championship for the grizzlies abaca had been chasing the nba championship for the Thunder. Right? Kyle Lowry so many years with DeMar DeRozan where he was close to getting to the finals. Kawhi had been there before. Van Vliet is a is a March Madness hero. He's a March Madness hero. And then Siakam's along for the ride. And Danny Green had been there before. A bunch of veterans to know that know how to win and guys that know how to win and get it done. They made the right tweaks in the offseason and I hope they stick with it. I really do. Because I, I don't think i be mean, I don't I think they're gonna replace Kawhi. The Kawhi Leagues, I think that organization was like a, like a flare-up, and then it's over, which would be unfortunate to see. And, yeah, I mean, we could give quick shout-outs. Shout-outs to um, the women's U.S. team. By the way, I mean, they probably should have taken Alex Morgan out of that game. But, you know, some people's like, when are you going to get a chance to score in the fucking World Cup? Yeah, 13 to nothing. I mean, Thailand, it's not their fault that Thailand didn't belong in that game. You know, it point, first of all, point differential matters. All right, you gotta score as many goals. It matters for seating and stuff like that. Even if you think you're gonna win the other games, it does matter. So point differential matters. One in the World Cup, two people's first games. All right, it's your first World Cup game for some people. You never, get, when are you gotta get a chance to score. It's Alex Morgan needs to put five in the back of the net. Maybe they should have taken her out before anybody else. Sure, but you know what? I don't blame them for running up the score and having a good time. It's soccer. So just score. Who gave you? We're gonna sit here and cry? Does everyone need a participation trophy? You know, poo-poo, pooh. These people are playing in the World Cup. The only they lost. You know where I am? Sitting at a table I built by hand with my two bare hands in my bedroom, not in the World Cup. So I would, I would lose, I would lose thirty to nothing in the World Cup. I don't care. I'd be running around having the sickest time of my life. I would, do, I would be rolling in the grass. When they put that 18th goal in, I would be doing angels in the grass, angels in the outfield. I'd be leading the the other crowd in chants. I'd have a sick time if my team was losing the World Cup. Win or lose, I still booze. You know, that's how I was born and raised. And so shout out to the women's team. 3-0 against Chile. I'm excited to see if they could do it, man. I hope they do. I love some I love me some women's soccer. Shout out to AM baseball, winning the winning a game, World Series game, right? On, they hit a grand slam and then they hit a grand slam to win it. You don't see that every day that was super cool um there was some other shout outs that were quite requ- nicky wanted me to shout out the pod pa- the padres they scored like 92 runs this weekend in the rockies in the game in the in the you know the middle of june such a biased padres fan that kid is but i'll shout him out because you know why not and then a shout out to the fathers right a shout out to my dad you know happy father's day thank you for the support shout out to Toss's dad shout out to tom's dad Shout-out to Nick's dad, of course. Shout-out to Miguel's dad, Miguel Sr. Um, He's not – he doesn't live in America, but uh, I'm sure he – hopefully he listens. And shout-out to him. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's the show. It was an amazing week in sports. Sports is only going to get better. We have the draft on Thursday. So get excited for our draft show and get excited for the draft graphics. We know you guys love the graphics now, right? Get excited for all that good stuff. And we'll have some nice videos coming out for you guys. So for the fans – Listen at home, drag both feet inbound, swing on full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs cause they free, hit your free throws. Why guys? Cause they free, we out ya, we love ya. pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yeah! It's Lord. He got the shot. Oh, Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Anything is possible. Anything possible.